All right, welcome to the Utility Podcast. My name is Jeff. This is my co-host Bernardo. And today's guest is the person who got me and Bernardo together, who married us. Uh, this is Omar Robles, a fantastic photographer. I think if you've been in the space any amount of time, you probably have heard him on Spaces or know who he is. Uh, he's known for um, his dance photography and street photography, uh, as well as just being a, a great guy. And uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Of course, my pleasure. So I know that there's not a lot of people that don't know you, but nevertheless, if it is the first time you are hearing about Omar, Omar, can you give us an idea in how did you start to be an artist and a photographer? And how did you trend? How did you go from that being that to an artist that is in NFTs as well? Perfect. So I say, as I said, I usually have a tendency to ramble or just like expand uh, on subjects. So I'm going to try to be as brief and as, uh, you know, to the point as possible, but I might, you know, diverge. But, um, you know, the story of how I, you know, came into arts is interesting in the sense that, um, you know, arts were always attracted to me since I was a kid um, in many ways, shapes and forms. But I think my family never really fostered it um, in the way that I was never really encouraged to pursue, pursue art, you know, in, in a professional way. Um, but there was arts in my family. My, my dad used to sing. My grandfather used to sing. Um, my mom is a Spanish teacher. So, you know, there was like an emphasis on reading um, since I was a kid. Um, but it was always encouraged not to follow that as a, you know, as an artistic uh you know, as a professional uh, pursue is more like, yeah, let's do it on the side. You know, it's it's a fun thing to do, but it's ne never, you know, encouraged to do professionally. So, you know, I, I always saw it that way, even though in, in, in many aspects, you know, there was always that flame in me that, you know, like, I like this, I love this, you know, this is something that it's, it's really part of like my identity, even though, again, I didn't see it as something I could do because I was not encouraged to do it. Um, but I think, you know, I discovered later and I you know and I always knew that I could sing for example because you know it was like my dad sang my, my grandfather sang but again you it think? was always like a hobby yeah oh man I, I feel like we need some samples here oh yeah <laughs> I sing for I guess I sing you know it's like uh I've never done it professionally I've never had like professional inclinations but I've sang I've sang you know like um in bars and stuff like that but it's always like uh that's, like a, that's the first time I hear that that's yeah. the first time uh, are we going to have music nfcs from Omar no. Robo? No, never. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, there was, there was a time that back, you know, like uh, maybe maybe my thirties when I I did have like a stand up comedy kind of gig with music, and uh, but you know it, it would totally be canceled today. Just let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> but going back to the to the story of you know like my artistic. Uh, you know, career, um, you know, I discovered like more that it's, it's something that I wanted to do later in life, maybe more in like my late teens, uh, first with uh, mime theater, um, where I discovered it, um, that it was something that, that, that really, you know, brought to my attention, um, a way for expressing um, stories. Um, and, uh, and I started to perform around at 16, you know, I started, you know, I joined like a small troupe and I started, you know, performing, um, and uh, and basically that was like my first incursion into like art. Um, and as I was going to shoot careers into college, you know, I really wanted to pursue that. Again, I was discouraged by my family not to. And I, you know, I was like, all right, I'm good in math and science. I'm pretty good actually in math and science. So let's do engineer. And because computers are the future, let's go into computer engineering. And I did that. So for are me. you, are you still in Puerto Rico at this no, time? I'm, no, I'm back in New York now. I'm back in New York okay. now. Um, so um, I, um, so I, you know, I started in engineering, but you know, I was super happy doing it. You know, I was going to classes and literally daydreaming about everything art that I wanted to create. So after a year and a half, I basically, you know, told my parents, you know, I'm I'm not doing this anymore. Um, I want to do something artistic. So the next best best thing was graphic design. And I started, you know, a year in graphic design. Uh, I was super unhappy because again, it was about clients. I was out of corporate stuff. I was like, 
no thank you and then i finally told my parents you know what i'd rather be a poor mime that are rich unhappy engineer so goodbye to this and um and that's when i decided to you know pursue mime full time and i um first came to new york uh to train uh to then go to paris and audition for the marcelo marcelo school because for that school you know you had to audition and 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 i wanted to be ready for the audition so i did that and you know i, I was accepted into the school and i studied mime uh for two years and then i kept kept on performing for for many years um sadly um i, I did jump that the fact that i trained as a gymnast growing up as well so that was part of me uh, of my background and sadly because of several injuries that i had um throughout my life um, at some point, you know, like my body was not being able to to perform to the best of my abilities. And um, and I had discovered photography, you know, uh, throughout. Um, and I'm jumping a lot of steps, by the way, but I had discovered photography. Um, and at that point, you know, I, I started shifting little by little until, uh, you know, photography started to be to 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 take most of my time, especially because of social media. Um, and, uh, and basically that's where, what, what really led me to, to say, you know what, uh, in photography, I find a really strong way to tell the stories that I've been telling thus far, uh, especially through documentary photography. And it's a way to keep the essence of what communication is for me, because, um, language is an artifice, right? But nonverbal communication is, is our purest form of communication is how we express every day, even without words. Right. And photography captured that captures that just the way, you know, in a certain way that mime does, right? Uh, you are conveying an emotion without having to use a word or necessarily a convention, especially in documentary where you're photographing life. Um, and then, yes, it turns into like its own story afterwards, but you're really conveying something that is very uh, innate to human interaction. Um, so that's why, you know, I fell in love with photography in many ways. Um, so long story short, um, you know, social media made it easier to have an audience. Um, and that's where, you know, I really found, um, in a way, my voice in, in, in many aspects. And to shorten it to, you know, how I turn into the NFT space, basically, um, you know, I think at the time where we're all, you know, at our homes because of, you know, the unmentionable tragic that happened all around the world, um, you know, I found uh, a new community in a certain way in the NFT space where a lot of the friends that I've made in social media were, you know, transitioning as well. And, um, and that's how, you know, basically I discovered the NFT space to, to make it short. Do you feel like your beginning in performance art is something that carried over to your photography? Because when I when I look at your street photography, specifically um, any anything from the city collection, um, the many city collections, uh, I was kind of popping up on screen here actually while we're talking. Um, but anytime I see any of the stuff. Uh, from these collections, it, it, you know how, when you're watching a movie and there's a scene that's like slightly embarrassing and you're, you're like sitting there in your chair, kind of being embarrassed. Like when I see your photographs, I'm like, how would I feel if I was Omar taking this picture right in someone's face? And then to hear about your kind of performance art upbringing, I'm thinking, is that something that translates into being not shy at all? And like on a, on a, on the stage of the city or whatever. Interesting, interesting. Um, so it, it, that's a very interesting question. Um, I, I I guess I I would say yes. Uh, in many ways, because as a one on one kind of interactions, I'm always very shy and I'm very socially awkward. But put me in front of a stage, put me in front of a bunch of you know people. Um, I feel encouraged because uh, it's a completely different thing, and and I love performing. And even when you know my wife hates it, but even when like we're taking you know photos, I always go into performance mode and I you know make a face or something like that because that's just who I am. So going into these scenarios, it's a little bit of both in a certain way because I'm thinking you know at, at the moment that I'm photographing, it's just me kind of and the person in front of me. So it's feels a little bit like that one-on-one -on -one or one-on-one -on -one, um, 
personal interaction that I'm very uncomfortable with. But at the same time, I'm thinking this is a performance that I'm putting in the sense that this is going to be for an audience. So that encourages me because then uh, it, it becomes a creative outlet. And I'm, and I'm really almost like writing the story as I go. And I know that that's going to be, uh, you know, in front of an audience at some point. And that's what encouraged me to say, you know, this is an uncomfortable situation. This guy, for example, that you're putting there is looking straight at me. And we're yeah. having a one-on-one -on -one communication, right? But at the same time, I'm like, okay, this is uncomfortable, but this is bigger than me. This is like me in front of like a thousand people uh, giving a lecture, for example, or performing um, in front of a stage. So, so I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm, put in both roles at the same time and the latter is the one that says all right let's go let's you know let's click that shutter because this is an important moment that I want to share um and then it becomes larger than just that interaction between that person and me and it becomes like an interaction that eventually is going to be put in front of like millions of people hopefully throughout you know social media and and now the NFT space that's interesting that you're you're jumping ahead in your mind while you're shooting the photo for me it feels like whenever I dared to take a picture of someone on the street, which was not very often, I had to like, I had to completely erase myself. Like I had to like think of myself as not being there, but cause it was mm -hmm. so uncomfortable, you know, mm -hmm. is that something that, how do you get past that as someone who, cause I see pro and I'm, I'm asking this for a lot of photographers because I see a lot of pictures from the back, you know, like, a lot of street photos are like, I don't want to, I don't want to let this person know I'm shooting photos, but you're like, boom, right in their face. And I, it's scary. So, so again, it, it goes back to, to the final output. And that's what leads me to, to continue because I believe in what I'm doing and I believe that there's a strength in what I'm doing. So I, I, I always think about the final output, you know, where is this going to go to and what I want to, what do I want to say with this? Um, and I've changed the vocabulary and that's why I rarely use the word take a photo and I say create a photograph because again, I'm crafting something that it's bigger than me. It's bigger than that moment. And that's why I, I always fight against that, that word of like taking a photograph because it feels like you are taking something, right? It feels like you're stealing something and I'm not stealing anything. At the end of the day, you know, and I, and I this is something that I saw recently that I said, ah, this makes sense also into my mindset. You know that painting by Magritte that it's like a pipe and it says like sissies in a person peep. So like, this is not a pipe, that no. it's what it says in French, right? And if you think of it, you know, it's like, it's true. It's not a pipe. It's a representation of a pipe through a, through a painting, right? And the same thing with the photographs, you know, like I'm not photographing that person. I'm photographing the representation of a moment that it's going to become something bigger. Um, and that's what really leads my mind thought uh, or, or my mindset when I'm photographing out in the streets is that, again, this is bigger than me. And this is bigger than this moment. This is a thing about humanity and how we behave and the message that I want to carry through. That's, cool. That's beautiful. That's beautiful uh, put. And what I wanted to, to, to ask you now is you are known for two different main projects that you have. You, you are known for the dancers and you are known for the city collections. And the city collections, I think they live, first of all, were the city collections already existed before the NFTs or were they made for the NFT world already? So I started, you know, actually it started creating street photography first before I did the dance work. Um, so they, it was street photography first, then the dance work came along. And at some point I was creating, I was creating them parallel. And at, at, at some later point, you know, I started diverging more into the dance work um, and doing less in the street. Um, where it's interesting that in the social media space, it was more the dance work that took the highlight and the, the limelight. Um, and that's where I concentrated more in, in that space. But then coming into the NFT space, um, things shifted and people were, were a little bit more interested in the in the street photography uh, scene. Um, so that's where, you know, I, I, you know, basically 
I took a lot of works that I had in archives that no one had ever seen um, because I, you know, I kind of stopped, you know, sharing them, but I was always creating them. And that's what became City um, as the brand in, in many ways. It was, you know, a lot of these works that I had in archives um, that, that I was like, all right, this is, I think, now the perfect moment to bring this uh, uh, up to, you know, the, the, the public um, through this new um, space. And that's really what became City. It's, uh, it's kind of my... Um, conversation in that in that in that sense okay it's been a week and we had to cut because of technical difficulties and so we're all dressed in different clothes now but um and it's also post-merge which is crazy but um <laughs> post-merge that's yeah true. let's jump back into our conversation with omar yeah it's it's quite nice that we have a podcast that we can say that it was pre-merge and post-merge post -merge. Post -merge. yeah it's, it's historical isn't it <laughs> um, so going back to what we were um, discussing before, Omar, one of the things that I wanted to ask you and going through your work, um, you have uh, two very different types of work that you've put out there in the NFT. Um, so you have the city collections that is purely street photography and, and then you have a collection about dancers and that is the collection that we can see uh, a lot in your instagram and in some drops that you've been doing with monolith um in a way i would say that street photography is mainly not staged you know you 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 go through your the, the streets with your monocycle um and shoot um, but this dancer one is seems to be staged. Is there any preference in what you prefer to do? How do you how do you express yourself the best? So you know, I wouldn't say that I would have a preference because I enjoy creating both bodies of work uh, just as much. It's just a, I would say it's a different but very similar approach in the sense that um i'm using basically the same backdrop right it's it's always about the city it's always about the urban environment and what it provides um i would say the the, the main difference is that as you mentioned i don't want to say stage but directed you know with the dancers i'm directing them to something very specific which um which accommodates or uses the the same urban environment that i use for street photography which is um is it's it's you know it's what you see is what you get in a certain way uh where with the dancers i'm i'm using those same elements and then integrating them into whatever we're doing with with the dancers um and you know it, it goes back a lot to you know my theater days where I'm always looking for stories. I'm always looking for for a narrative. Um, so what I'm doing is marrying the narrative that it's already in the street and that I use, you know, I use normally when I'm photographing, um, you know, street street uh, street photography. So I'm marrying that now with the dancers, um, and I'm using very serendipitous uh, elements that are just there, right? Uh, take for example this photograph. This bike was sitting there. Uh, we did not plan it to be. I was not looking for a bike that day. Um, or, but you know, or, what, you know what these bikes mean, right? The white bikes in New York. That's not. That's not that. <laughs> yeah, I know oh, this they, is not a white bike. No, okay. it's, it's it's. I don't I'm know what doing. it means. What does it mean? So white bikes in New York City is usually like um uh, like um, I don't want to say a monument because that's not the right word. But uh, what's the right word? It's a memorial to a, a memorial a biker yeah. who died there. Yeah, hmm. it's, um, it's heavy. That's why I thought this photo was super heavy. I was like, oh my God, it's a white bike in New York. Like, that's super heavy. No, no, no. That's not that. That's this is actually like I think like a messenger, like uh this is in Chinatown. Um, so I'm assuming, you know, this is like someone that delivers, you know, uh, around Chinatown. Um, yeah. you know, right, right, right like behind behind me when I'm photographing, there's like a fruit stand. Uh so maybe it's you know someone that delivers the, the fruits and stuff like that. But this is a bag that that was there. You know, generally with the dancers, we just meet at, at a certain location and we kind of walk around and see what we see. And I respond to elements in my, you know, in the surrounding, whether it's lighting, whether it is, you know, things like the bike uh, or just, you know, architecture, for example. And in this case, it was the bike. And I saw the bike. I was like, huh, here's something different. 
uh, and interesting. So first thing first, I go and make sure that the, that the bike is sturdy. So I kind of like sat in it and make sure that, you know, it was not, um, there's not going to be an accident. Right. Um, and then, you know, and then I asked the dancer, do you feel comfortable? And she, you know, she said, yes. So uh, we, you know, tried different poses and, and then, you know, we, we ended up with this one. The first two, three poses, she was holding the, the, um, the bar next to the bike. And then afterwards I was like, do you feel comfortable letting go for a second? And she did. And, you know, it was super sturdy and, and, uh, um, and it, you know, we came up with this, with this photograph. Uh, but again, I'm responding just as the same way I do with street photography. I'm responding to elements that I see. And that's very similar to, to when I'm doing street photography. I walk around and then I respond and react to the things that I, that I, you know, that inspire me or that move me in one way. So it's, it's a very similar approach in that sense. Do you have to coax your model? Like, do your models get stage fright? Like, do you have to be like, no, like, you can do this or like, you know, cause like for me, if I was that, I mean, I know that they're used to be on, used to be on stage, but this is an entirely different type of stage. Like, do you have to like, be like, no, you should try to jump on this bike. Not really. I mean, um, for me, this, their safety is, is paramount. So, um, because I was a performer myself, I understand. And I know that their body is their tool. So if, you know, if something were to happen to, to them, you know, to their bodies, you know, it's, putting at, at risk their livelihood. So I never, you know, ask them to do anything that they're not comfortable with. Um, actually, oftentimes they've suggested things. I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with you getting on, you know, on top of that ledge or something like that. Um, I remember when I was in Puerto Rico a few years back, I was photographing a, a series um, and um, we were at this rooftop and uh, we had, there was this dancer that I've always worked with her, you know, for, for a very long time. And she wanted to get closer and closer to the edge. And, and she was like, she had like a newborn, um, you know, like a few days before, like, a, you know, a few months before. I'm like, no, you're not getting close to the edge. Like, come here. Like, you staying close to, 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 you know, like you know, I was very, you know, it was very uncomfortable for me to, to, to have her that close. So if anything, I'm, I'm, I'm always like being more cautious uh, for them. Do, is this, so with the dancers, is it a collaboration that you do with them or uh, yeah. you are the one that, that decides more or less everything. And then I would say it's, it's a, it's a little bit of both. Um, I do a, most of the directing, um, but um, you know, sometimes they, they, most of the times they know exactly, you know, what the body can give, can give what they're, you know, for example, you know, this photograph, um, this is not a pose that I can try with every dancer because not every dancer has that kind of flexibility. So I play off of what they can do. And then from there, I say, all right, let's try this, let's try that. Sometimes, you know, um, there has been times that I can see the potential that they there's something that they can do and they haven't even tried it themselves. Uh, but because I have like that like, that experience and knowledge of the of the body myself from from my background, um, you know, I sometimes like like um, I don't want to say push, but you know, like like bring them a little bit to like, hey, let's try this pose. And they're like, I don't know if like I think you can, so let's just try it. And then lo and behold, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know I could do that. And it's like, I, I saw that you could. So I, you know, so that's where we're, where we're at. But for example, with this photograph, uh, you know, like one of the first poses that we tried during the session was this one. So I was like, oh, you can do this amazingly. So let's just exploit that. Or let's just explore that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to talk about this photo? Like what was going on here? So this is an interesting photograph. Um, I had been, this was, you know, photographed this, this past summer. Um, and I've always wanted to do a photograph with, uh, with the fire escapes in New York city. It's like a very New York, you know, thing, especially, um, in, in neighborhoods like Brooklyn and, 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 and the Bronx and Washington Heights where, where, where I live. Um, and, um, you know, it happens a lot in the summer where people open fire escapes to try to like 
beat the heat you know it gets really hot and when actually when you turn the 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 the, the fire case on it really you know brings the temperature in that you know localized area like quite quite a few degrees so throughout the summer i had been you know seeing that a lot in my neighborhood in washington heights and and i really wanted to 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 do something like this and i tried that like a few two summers no last summer i tried it uh but back then we were wearing masks and it was you know like the, the result was not the best thing that i that i was looking for um even though i still like the images uh but this summer i really want to try it again and there were a lot of you know fire hydrants open throughout my neighborhood uh throughout the summer so i actually did a short you know series photographing the community around the fire hydrants uh but it so happened that um my um I had to go to Puerto Rico kind of like, you know, last minute thing because of a family uh, situation. And um, and I really wanted to try to get this, you know, before I left. Uh, so my so the day that literally the, the, the Sunday before I was supposed to leave, um, I go out and I see only one fire hydrant uh, open in the whole neighborhood where normally there's like so many. Uh, so like I tried to reach out to a bunch of dancers and, and said like, listen, like, like I have like I have to go and like this is probably the last chance I'm going to get to to photograph this. So um, I reached out to several dancers and, and, and I was able to get in contact with uh, with Spencer, the dancer in this photograph. Uh, which is a dancer that I had never worked with before, but through another friend, um, you know, he put us in contact and within, you know, like 45 minutes, he was, he showed up and, and uh, we were able to photograph this. Actually, I, I was able to find another dancer that, that, that day as well. That's um, a dancer that happens to live in my building as well. Um, so we did, you know, an, also a session with her, uh, but definitely the photographs with, with Spencer were like, um, you know, really, really strong, um, and uh, and we ended up with this photograph, which was, you know, we tried several poses um, with this one, uh, but this one was like by far the, the best one, especially because you have that car what that's going on behind behind us, and that's something that wasn't planned. It was just the car was like going by, and they kind of because it's an off road um, car, they didn't want to. <laughs> interrupt you know interrupt us from from photographing so they just like jumped the curve and then you know got themselves behind us and and that's how that car ended up there but they were trying to be in the photo no they were not trying to be in the photo oh, okay. I, think they, I think you know usually what if when i'm when i'm around photographing dancers what happens a lot is that people congregate because they you know it's just something that um it's so out of the norm and dance is such it's it's an art form that it's usually you know it's very elitist in its in its in its audience in many ways so not a lot of people have access to it right so when i'm photographing dancers in the streets it, it happens oftentimes that people congregate because um in a way it's 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 a beautiful outcome because you're bringing you know an art form to the masses in, in places where no, normally it wouldn't happen and it's happened to me in so many of the cities that i photograph especially i remember in in uh, mexico city um you know mexico is a very dense city right and and uh i was photographing and i was so concentrated into what i was doing that i didn't realize that there was like a huge crowd forming behind me and then so you know when i put the camera down i people start clapping and i'm like what's happening and then i realized it's like it's like a whole crowd behind us you know cheering and and, and you know clapping for for us so that's you know there's always special moments like that are you known in the dancer community in New York, like the guy that is likes to bring people to me to the center of the of the city and shoot? Um, you know, yes, there's there's <laughs> there's a few other photographers that 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 practice, you know, this um, this approach. Uh, but I think you know, mine has definitely found a very special place um in the community, special because again, I have a dance background, so whenever I work with the dancers they feel safer and they feel that they're talking to someone that speaks their language um and we can really you know explore explore dance photographically in a way that is very that very few people can in that sense because i have that background and that understanding so why is it that everyone wants to get on super rare to like not to change gears completely but like it feels like <laughs> it's changing it been yeah it's it's feels like something that you've been wanting to get on for a long time and i i guess i get it i'm a big foundation fan even though i wasn't in the beginning so maybe can you 
can you change my mind on super rare? What is the value of super rare to artists who are trying to be there? Um, I mean, for once, obviously there's the, there's the psychological aspect of, you know, wanting to, wanting to have what you can't, right? Like wanting access, like, it's like, you want to get into that club that, you know, you want to get into studio 54, you know, you know what I mean? Because it's where all the, you know, hot things are happening. Right. Uh, so you want to be there. Um, so I think that that's the first psychological aspect, you know, it's like any, any community that or, or any place that is gated, you want to have that access. Um, so I think, you know, that places for fun that as well, but also the fact that, you know, there is, um, yeah, there's that 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 perception of of it being like you know like um, uh, higher end gallery, so to speak. So you want to be you know you always want to be in that place as well as an artist. You want to be where you know the highest uh, sales are are happening in that sense. Uh, so I think you know in this space that's that's been the perception um, and pretty consistently. So I I, I would assume uh, I would guess so you know, you want to aspire to that. And um, I've done great in foundation and, and they have been great partners, um, you know, to, to me and to my work. So I'm super um, grateful and, and I'm, and I'm going to keep uh, minting on foundation, um, but being able to explore super rare as a, as an alternative and a, um, as a platform where I know several collectors prefer um, now will give me, you know, like that opportunity now that I have been officially accepted um, into the platform. I was minting before there through uh, Monolith, uh, but now that I have been officially accepted, now I can uh, mint on my own contract there. So I'm going to ask you a little a question about this. Um, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Um, do you think Super Rare is... Jeff left <laughs> is the the is a gatekeeping so to speak or is the curation that we need you know i don't know it's a difficult answer because um people say they don't want gatekeeping but then they want gatekeeping and i'll give you the best example um foundation was you know they had some kind of gatekeeping by by peers right like you you get invitations as a creator and then you can give that those invitations to people um and people always you know like complain about that as soon as foundation said you know it's open anyone can mint here now people started complaining that oh my god is this going to be too open now anyone's going to be able to mint on foundation it's like I mean, make up your mind. You want you can't have your cake and eat it too, you know. Uh, in reality, you know, it's just it's just how markets work in many ways, you know. Um, um, people have been used to because of you know social media, the fact that anyone can have access. Um, but I think you know it's it's interesting, um, and I, I'm not gonna say it's necessary or or important, but. You know, some some places that are a little bit more exclusive, you know, that's gonna happen as well. I'm not gonna say it's good or bad. It's just it's just part of life, you know. And when you have access to those places, it's great. It doesn't mean that you're gonna be able to sell immediately or right away, or it's no guarantee. But it definitely gives you as an artist, you know, a little bit of a, a badge of honor, if I'm if I can call it yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, it, you know, at least from the perception the outwards perception i've always been very confident in my work i know that my work um re, uh, has that level um already so i didn't need it that that um that validation but once now that that you have it in a sense it's like all right you know moving on it's it's funny how if you just put a group of humans together they're just no matter what no matter what the circumstances are they're going to stratify like people will start to move up and down in, in any given yeah. human situation and it's yeah. and it's annoying and everyone complains about it but it's, it's like it's like complaining about being alive and being human it's like it happens and it sucks for some people and it's great for some people but you know anyway uh, speaking of like overall feelings in, in NFT photography, I, I think I could speak for most people and say that right now has been the toughest time since I've gotten in. I don't know if it's been the toughest time since you've been in, but I mean, since July of last year, this has been the most difficult period 
and especially NFT photography, but NFTs in general and crypto. Um, how do you how do you keep going? How like give some advice or to just tell me how you keep going mm. to to uh you know I just think we need to all talk about how we get through this together. Like how are you getting through this? So from a creating creative standpoint, you know, I've always created. Um, I've like I've never found myself in a place where I can't create. Um, it's just part of who I am. So regardless of markets, regardless of platforms or social media, you know, I've always you know have this you know urgency to create. So um, that's just who I am. Um, so I'm going out every day and creating, and actually I would say I'm going out and creating even more now because, you know, since the market is kind of down, then, you know, like I'm not going to worry that much about being on spaces and, and things like that. I'm actually going to go out in the street. I'm creating, I'm literally going out since I came back to New York, I'm going out every single day and photographing in the streets. And even when I was in Puerto Rico, I was also, you know, finding ways to keep creative. I don't know what I'm going to do with that work. I want to mint it someday, but even if I don't mint it, you know, it's just my urge to, to do that. So I'm keeping my head busy in, in that space of, of, of creation. Uh, what's going to happen afterwards? I don't know, but that's, that. I would say that that would be my main uh, coping mechanism is whenever, whenever I'm in a creative fraud, most of the times I try to listen to myself and sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up and not do anything because that's what your mind is telling you to do uh, but sometimes it's the opposite sometimes you need to scream at yourself and 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 you know to wake yourself up and then you know at that at those times i just go out and double down uh because that's what my mind is needing at that moment right so in, in this moment i've been going out and creating more i think you know it's still difficult in the sense that you kind of feel like this this thing of like if you tell a joke in the forest and no one's there is it still funny right like i'm creating a lot and um but no one's you know no one is there at the door like buying so it's like am i still good uh i don't know <laughs> but yeah. all i know is that I, i'm going to respond to that urge that i have to just go out and create because that's you know that's what speaks to me so at the end of the day you know for me more than sales and everything like that you know for me art is about communication and as you can see, I talk a lot, right? So it's very hard for me to stay quiet. <laughs> we like that. That's a good guest. A good guest is someone who like gives them, gives us all their opinion. I love it. Yeah. So let's imagine that the bear market continues for a little while, and then it starts to get to a bull. What are your next projects? What can we see from you coming next? So is it an addition? Uh, are you going to do an addition now? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, well, first thing first, you know, I have um, I'm planning on on a formal uh, super rare drop soon. Um, so besides the, the the pieces that I have a monolith, you know, I'm going to be minting uh, uh, one of my pieces there soon on my own contract. Uh, but then also I'm I'm planning on keeping the the city you know legacy or or brand going strong. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna mint pretty soon a the next iteration of city um which i'm happy to share uh um oh i'd love to trailer um with you guys um and maybe give you a little bit of an insight of what's going on um oh. and, I, and i think i want to try like a different strategy this time um for the minting process but uh but yeah let me just go why ahead don't you why don't you right. share that and then i would love for you to talk a little bit about scarcity because it's a topic that we've talked about lately me and yeah you. All right, so let me share this with you guys. All right, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. You getting sound there? Oh, the silhouettes. <laughs> Coming soon. Ooh, classy. It reminds me of like a New York afternoon. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's coming up next. Let me unshare. Yeah, so that's so what people will have the opportunity to get into the city group to the citizens. That would be yes. fun. Yes, I'm gonna yeah. open the open the doors for the citizens again. New people to harass. <laughs> <laughs> Why harass? We have a great time on that. I'm show. joking. I'm joking. 
uh but yeah that's so so if we so that's what's coming up next is basically you know and i i've always loved photographing silhouettes um and i think you know it's um it's also very welcoming because it's very relatable as as humans you see the human figure uh but you don't you're not seeing faces necessarily in the so it's less confrontational and i think you know it invites more the imagination um not to mention that i've always you know like for photography is it's obviously about light so uh, the 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 play or the 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 structure that you get between you know light and and shadows uh it's something that i've always you know loved so so and, and i've always explored so so that's what i'm coming up with next um i'm also working i recently got um uh like a q2 monochrome so that only oh, photographs in in black and white so i'm playing a lot with black and white with uh with uh monochrome photography so th that's something that i'm going to do next and then i'm planning something by the way i have like a hundred series and collections that i'm always bringing because like i said I, I think like, it's that's, great. that's my brain um so there's something that i'm probably going to play with after city contours um that We'll see how it goes, but but it's gonna be like me. Yeah, I don't even, I can't even explain it because it's it's. It, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. So what? Are so you we are gonna have we are gonna no. have the super rare, then another city collection, and perhaps even and then more everything. things. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything. We need to wait for a bull then. <laughs> yeah, that's the question though. Like, is is a, you know, what's the point of scarcity? Like, do you have an argument for scarcity? Because I can't think of one so so all right so talking to some of the you know my other collectors um sometimes you know their 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 argument is you know like why mint more work if you still have work available you know people are not going to necessarily want to go for the new stuff if there's stuff already available uh on the market um which i i understand to a certain extent but at the same time um it's like you know, if you're selling something and and um, you, you want to give options to people as well, and sometimes what's out there, maybe the right buyer is not there for what's out there, but I definitely have a lot of inventory, um, in, you know, in, in, in my archives that I can bring inventory, new inventory um, for people that might connect with that. Um, and, and I've always played with that. And, you know, I, I'm... OG enough in the space to towards the, the moment where you wouldn't mint, you wouldn't even think about minting something new if you're, you know, first, you know, if your work wasn't already being collected. So like you would mint something and you wouldn't mean anything until it was collected, right? And I kind of fought against that and I started minting several works at the beginning because I was all right. If you're not looking i'm gonna make you look you know like i'm gonna put new things and 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 make you think about me because you know i definitely have works that i can share uh so you know initially i i i was never a serial mentor but i minted you know several works and then i moved things around and if it wasn't selling i would burn it why because you know like for example i have a website where i sell prints um and i upload new stuff uh, regularly and then the the old inventory I just move right I don't have to burn it because you don't need to burn it in that case but I just move it to you know like a private gallery or you know I move things around and as as a merchant right that's what you do with your inventory you move it around um same thing with your restaurant you know like yeah I'm like I don't the sell menu. I don't sell one cinnamon roll at a time like you can't be exactly. like oh I'm not gonna put anything else until the cinnamon rolls out like exactly. you gotta buy this first I'm like I don't want a cinnamon roll I want a freaking yeah. scone like yeah exactly this so mentality you have of like options. I don't want to mint anything else is drives me crazy because sometimes I'll look at people and I'll be like I know you have other stuff because I see it on your website and they're like, well, I'm just waiting for this collection to sell out. I'm like, but I don't like that collection. I like this other thing you're doing. Put it out. Yeah. Like, have a variety. Yeah. I just feel I like that. you should be a store. Yeah. And stores don't sell one thing at a time. Stores exactly. sell a lot of things. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 it's that you know it, it's and sometimes it's, it's that mentality that you're trying to juggle, right? Um, and I think you know as as artists, it's always it's kind of hard for us in that sense because there's all types of collectors in the space, and they're all wanting you to please them in a certain way, right? So you want to tr you're always trying to like 
you know, play, play that balance. At the end of the day, I think, you know, you are your own master in, in that sense and you have to make the decisions by yourself. Um, and, uh, and that's what I've been doing, right? Um, the only reason what I haven't done anything at this point is just like a matter of, of, of just timing um, in a certain way. But uh, I think the wait is over and, uh, and I'm going to come out with a couple of things. I mean, the flip side of that, sorry to cut in on you, Bernardo. I know you want to go, but like the flip side of that is that bounty is good only if the bounty is good. Like yeah. if it's a bounty of stuff that's not great, if it's a lot of stuff that's not great, then it stop minting. But like there's certain people in the space who can tell, who know that their stuff is high quality and it is high quality. And so them continue to, continuing to mint, and I consider you one of those people, doesn't bother me. But the people who are like continuously spitting stuff out and nothing's selling, and then they like continue to mint and continue to mint because they're trying to find a niche, that feels weird. It's like a product in search of a market. But anyways. I but do. that's okay too. I think, you know, the, the bad thing, right, is that, for example, the, 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 in social media, you can just, you know, post stuff at your leisure and it's okay and at some point you know that's that's how i kind of found an audience on social media you know like i would post and try different things and i went through several you know iterations of things until i found you know an audience um so i i think the only difference in the space is is like the the cost associated to it um and the fact that again the freaking blockchain is forever right so then all that stuff is there forever and but you know what so is my instagram you know like i have all those posts on instagram that if you go back on my instagram like years you're gonna probably find you know a lot of stuff you're like oh really you were doing this at some point you know uh (laughs) but i was right um i just haven't really taking the time to erase it or, or to delete it but if people you know take the time then they're going to find that right so are we going to get to that point in the nft space where like you you, you know you you get to mint so much stuff that that even your past stuff is going to be forgotten at some point you know and and it is possible as well um i don't i, I don't really see a problem with that the only thing is that in this space it feels a little bit more a desperate call for attention because we are you know as artists we've found an audience now that is willing to 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 buy right um so you know we are looking for because we kind of need to you know make a living as well and that's what we're trying to do so uh, you know i don't I don't necessarily fault people for for doing that. Um, it just at some point, you know, it does feel desperate, and you're like, "All right, how can I help you?" Uh, because you don't want to see people, you know, like struggling. But otherwise, you know, they're trying to find an audience. At some point, sometimes it's like, well, and I hate to say this, but you know, it's like if you stand in a corner and try to sing and sing and sing, it's like, well, maybe you just don't have the right voice. <laughs> I think there's um. I like the restaurant comparison. It's the same thing whenever you go to uh, search for a restaurant and you have one restaurant that is full of people, another one that is completely empty. Or whenever you go to see the menu on a restaurant and if you see a few dishes, you know that everything is going to be fresh. But if you see pages and pages and pages of food, you start to think, hmm. Maybe this is not that high quality, but at the same time, after saying this, I think this scarcity conversation is a conversation that is done by collectors because the scarcity is a way of trying to make your investment worthwhile. You know, only there's only going to be a healthy or a liquidity in in that photography if there's not no more to to be found so i think a lot of collectors push for that scarcity because they see that as a way for them to make their money back or to invest more so i think as an artist you need to think that that is a balance between having a huge menu um and to try to find someone but at the same time there are collectors that are thinking about this as an investment and you want those ones as well. And once you have too many pages, that is not considered an investment anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, and I, and that's an interesting analogy. And I think at the end of the day, it's also about curation, right? Like that's when you know a restaurant has uh, an identity. Is when they their menu it's it's you know targeted. They know what they're serving. And actually, a lot of those restaurants they switch the menu. You know, and they don't have the same menu every month. They have a different menu every every month, or sometimes even every week. Because they burn their food, they burn it. Yeah, they burn their food, right? <laughs> like, uh, and 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 they're they're but they're comfortable with experimenting because they are, you know, they they have an audience, and their audience, you know, know what they're what they're looking for. Um, so so it's 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 also about that balance, no? Right? Like when you were like what you were saying, Jeff. It's like when you know your stuff is good. Uh, when you know your product is is quality, then you can you know play a little bit and be a little bit more comfortable in that sense. Uh, whereas sometimes you know that 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 restaurant analogy they're doing doing when people have like so much stuff in the menu is at that point they just don't even know what they're doing. And I think you know like because because this space you know allows for anyone and everyone to 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 join in that's what happens also is like you have people with different levels of experience um that sometimes and 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 technique and and expertise that then you know are playing off on the same field and that's where things you know can also feel you know a little bit unbalanced in that sense so i have a question for you an idea that just came up after this conversation so you have the first CT collection that is completely sold out. You have the CT texture that I, I don't think is sold out. You still have a few pieces there. Yeah. You have the CT dads as well. What about we merge these two ideas about not having a menu open? So the people that were going to buy those ones already seen it, you know, already been through, has been experienced by many. What about burning the ones that were not collected, removing it, making scarcity on those collections, and continue to upgrade the menu? Uh, I disagree with this. I disagree with this, by the way. <laughs> I, I didn't say I would agree. I'm just saying, what about? I want to hear his opinion. You know, I, that's something that I have considered uh, to a certain extent. Um, but honestly, I stand by those pieces. I think those pieces are very strong. And I think, you know, for some reason they haven't found, you know, a, a, a collector. Um, maybe we'll find a collector in the future. Maybe it won't. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, like we're giving importance to this as, as if it was like sacred, you know? And it's like, Here's my counter. Sorry. Here's, here's my counterpoint to this, I think, which is okay. not all collectors are in the space yet. Yep. And I just feel like we're when you I want Omar to succeed. One we, we because I love because I love Omar and he's a good guy, but also because I own his his a few of his pieces. So like the way the path to which I see Omar succeeding or any artist for that matter, is for their art to become ubiquitous. Like if you look at X copy, why is he so big? It's like everyone knows about X copy. It's not because his stuff, his stuff is scarce. You can go buy one of his one of 7,000s for like 0.4 ETH. So like he has like 20,000, you know, pieces out there. Sure, some of them are in addition. A lot of them are in addition. But like the the access at different price points to different pieces, I think is very important because there's a there's a range of collectors in their price ranges. And I think the more people see Omar's work, the better. So for me, more is better because, you know, it's like if you're a baseball team and you have three fans, you're not great. You're not doing well. But like if you have like 20,000 people who know who you are, then I think you 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 do well. So that's Look, the expanding the, the collector that, base. That's the rationale. That's the rationale between uh, behind doing an addition, isn't it? Yeah, additions, more collections. I just think get more work out there. I I just I'm a huge cheerleader of like if you're good, crank the work out. Show them yeah. all the good work you got. Yeah, I mean that was the that was mainly the mentality. You know, for example, back in I, I always make the analogies of back to the Instagram days because I see so many parallelisms in, the, in these two spaces. Um, and you know, back then, 
you would have to post, you know, like at least three times a day, four times a day. Um, and that's why that's why I have so much, you know, material uh, to work with, because I, I was doing that, you know, and I was photographing enough back then to have, you know, to 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 post, you know, three, four times a day without repeating. Um, because I hate it repeating, you know, I hate it repeating, for example, dancers. Uh, so not only I wouldn't repeat dancers on the same day, I wouldn't repeat dancers in the same week, for example. Or at least, you know, I would leave three days in between before I post, you know, another picture of the same dancer, for example. So, and I was posting three times a day. So imagine if I'm not repeating, you know, dancers every other day, how many, you know, photographs I've needed to have in order to, you know, um to 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 have that level of 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 um of material so you know it, it's that mentality back then and again it's just a matter of like you know you're posting on twitter in in this space but you're not minting necessarily everything um but again all this conversation at the end of the day is very abstract because you can have both you can have people that have a lot of stuff out there and everything gets collected just because of their you know they're now like a household name uh, and you can have people that uh, have gems going back to the analogy of the restaurants for example you can have a restaurant that is packed of people and it's only packed because people know it but it's at the end of the day it's olive garden <laughs> right it's really bad quality it's just like a household name people and then you might have a restaurant next to the street that is just like exquisite food amazing food but just people are not giving it a chance right um and and they have maybe like three or four items in the menu or maybe five items in the menu but they're like amazing and they're great and and just people are not giving it a, a chance so at the end of the day it's really about you know, just no one knows life works exactly. Yeah, there should be room for like big chains, and there should be room for small businesses in in in, in this space. I I, also, I agree with that. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some other small businesses, some other artists? I we always give people a chance to yes. uh, shout out a couple of people that they are they've been enjoying recently, and uh, so, you brought a few to our plate. So I I I brought a few to 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 the conversation last week when we started and and I'm gonna mention them but then I kept thinking of other people and it's like there's so many people in this space whose work I think is amazing and I'm not, and are not getting you know like the the you know the limelight as they deserve you know it's like definitely I think you know Isa Ross I love her work uh, and Mariam I definitely love her work um, but then I was thinking you know. Grayson Laffenberger, you know, he has that sold out collection of, of the skaters, but then he has like a few collections that he's minted on foundation that are also like amazing. Um, and All right, then, I'll race around and find those. Um, and uh, who else, you know, there's so many people, there's, 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 you know, people like, like Q, you know, like, uh, I know Q is controversial in many ways, you know, but if there's something that I respect is hustle and, and I see, you oh, know, God. a lot of, yeah. And I see a lot of hustle in him. Like he's like just putting out, you know, like a lot of work and 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 working very hard. So 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 is so is Toby as well. Toby, too much, too much. A lot. I know, I know. Is that there's so many people that I see in this space that that like are, you know, like are racing and you know, look at that collection by 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 uh by Grayson. It's... Yeah, this one's great. It's a great collection, you know, and, you know, um, it's full of humor. It's full of, you know, it's very, you know, um, sarcastic in many ways. Um, so. All right. Who else do you want to point out? We'll, we'll quickly go through them. Isa, you pointed Issa, out. Yeah. Yeah. Issa Russ. Mariam. Issa Russ. Uh, you know, you should pull up Isa, her, her super rare um, piece oh. on, oh, on Monolith. Rare now. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, you can look at you can look it up on Monolith as well if you want. I oh, think I go. found her. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is great. It's a really beautiful piece, and and her work is so honest and so raw. Um, I always editing. want to turn the brightness up on my on my computer whenever her stuff comes up because I'm like <laughs> see everything. But I think you know that that allows a little bit also for the mystery, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, and this is a self-portrait, right? So, so it's also someone that is, 
it's not just bringing herself into the into her work in a she's bringing herself into the work in a very uh literal way and 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 it's so honest and so pure um that that what else can you ask for an artist other than for them to be honest you know with with their work and this is you know the 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 pinnacle of it yeah um who else do you want to point out Miriam we did we did just interview her she's fantastic we can yeah, always is, look at her stuff but uh yeah. we did just look, interview her oh I spell her name wrong all the time M A does that matter no I'm messing this up aren't I um Mariam what's her last name Amur 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 <laughs> Everybody, let's let's watch me spell stuff. <laughs> I'm so bad yeah, at podcasts by itself. I'm uh, so bad at spelling. I can't even do this. Oh, Grayson not... has Grayson has 666 followers. Ooh. Maybe I should I should follow him just to get get him get him out of that one. Miriam, we love you, but we just interviewed you, so we're gonna we're gonna skip for now. Yeah, well, we can leave it there because I think it's it's a lot of people, right? Um, There's a lot of people. Like I can, I I'd be happy to, but I wanted to give Grayson a shout out because I think you know. Oh, oh can you pull up Toby's collection really fast? Um, I was on Foundation. Yeah, it's the boxers. Toby, Tobias, not with I. Oh yeah, there you go, Tobias Schult. Yeah, that's a, that is nope. Up, 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 up. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I have a couple of these. Or maybe one. I'm so Third sorry. One. I'm so shit at spelling. There it That's, is. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. These are fantastic. Against the ropes. Yeah. I love this one. Yeah. Yeah. So many people. Why isn't Grayson? They are best mates. Yeah. They're very good friends. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I still haven't met anybody from NFTs. I have never met anyone in person. I'm going to have to fly to... Yeah, you have to get out of there. I got to get out of the bunker. Or the... Oh, man. Really awesome collector. I collected this one. Oh, you collected that one? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> um, well, sorry. We're, we're getting a little sloppy here at the end. Omar, um always a pleasure to talk to you whether it's uh on twitter Likewise. or in person or over the merge it's, it's it hasn't been in person yet but it looks like i'm gonna have to do like whenever the next collection sells out i'm gonna have to do the trip and just visit you uh in ohio yeah i think we gotta well i think there's something coming up in lisbon right yes you coming to yeah, that I think, uh, omar came, came to lisbon last last year so i'm expecting well i have to sell more nfts if I sell more and when I sell more, if I buy this NFT, yes. will you go to Lisbon? Oh yeah, I'm actually <laughs> planning to, you know. But seriously though, like whenever I sell that and possibly my next uh, super rare mint, I'm I'm seriously considering going to Europe for a little bit, like just hanging around there for a while. I would love to see a European city collection. That'd be very cool. That'd be cool. Uh, Omar has maybe... some photos from from Lisbon, actually. Yes, you showed me a, a few. I want to. All right. Do you have like a second? Yeah, man. We got a right, second. Let me. Let me. Because this is. Uh, where can I put this? Hold on. Um. So this is a photo from Lisbon that I really that I'm um wanting to mint. Um, and it's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, where are you? I like your glasses. Thank you. They're new. Uh, I just got them. Here you go. Let me see if I can share this really fast. Share screen. Um, Don't think that we are going to cut this. You are going to be there facing everyone. <laughs> this this uh, photograph from from uh, from, uh, from Bernardo's house. No, actually, you know who I was visiting that day. Yeah, I was visiting I um, uh, Sashaku. Uh, in uh, Ericeria and uh, we had like he has also a restaurant and it's like uh, it's one of the restaurants like that they change the menu very regularly and it's like oh my god it was so good the food that I ate there 
And um, after eating, you know, and having a conversation with him, I just walked around uh, the Edis, Edis, I think it's Ediseria or Ediseira. 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 So I walked around and I photographed there. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, really cool stuff that I did there. But like this one for me was like, uh, I really loved it. It's like very tender and and uh, a very cool, you know, moment. So this photo, um, I'm really looking to put in some collector's hands, hopefully soon. I like it a lot. It's nice. It's like, like, not only the... like a departure from your other stuff. All right. So because we're here, I might as well. This is other stuff that, you know, that I plan to mint uh, in the future. Uh, and then this one. <laughs> Ew, funky. I, I was thinking of doing this one, uh, a collection. I mean, uh, an addition. I don't know. But this is definitely, it's going to be called the yeah, package. Yeah, it can bring some female collectors. That's for wait, sure. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. That's what, is this, what is this called? Is this called the package? <laughs> it's called the package. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I will it's... buy this if it's an addition. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and then this photograph I love. This is another photograph. Yeah, that, that one's a good one. Oh, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. That's a very good one. Yeah, it, it has like a very Sinatra, you know, kind of New York vibe as well. We got to start doing just like Bond. going through unminted stuff with people and be like, yeah. great, I yeah. like this. Yeah, this is part of like the the, the preview that I've been showing collectors um, for Super Rare. Uh, this photograph I love. I, I um, did this um, during a Pride Parade. And, um, you know, it's just like, just like a very strong, actually. So back, back in the day, Instagram had like this challenges that this weekend challenges and, um, this weekend, it was like a portrait challenge and I, you know, mint, and I posted this photo with the hashtag and they actually featured this photograph as like the winner of the challenge, um, back in the day. And, and I love it, you know, it's like very strong with, uh, with this character. Very cool. Um, yeah, so these are some of the... Yeah, I have the... something against umbrellas. <laughs> uh, well, there's going to be a city umbrella collection yeah. at some point, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's... I love photographing in the rain. Um, I've always photographed, like, in the rain and the snow. Let me see if I have, like, any other... I think my my problem against that is that it's not only you that likes I mean, it. Yeah, that I... is the usually the problem. <laughs> that's that's a thing right but i think at the end of the day it's how you approach it and for um you know especially in street photography especially in new york city you know you you are going to have similarities with things because we are in the same city um sure. and i think at the end it's how how you approach it i like to approach street photography from a very close up close point of view you know like when i i like to see people's faces i like to um you know have that that connection but then also you know for example with the, with the silhouettes and stuff like that i also like to have that that aspect as well that is a little bit anonymous so for example you know like with with, yeah, with that rings, one is good because that I, one is not like the umbrella that is the subject is yeah, the person yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it's how you approach it. And I think at the end of the yep. day, I try to to approach it in a way that it, it, it you, when you see it, you, you, you see it's a, it's a Omar photo, you know, an Omar Robles photo. And that's what I'm always trying to look for. Uh, but enough of previews, guys. Uh, you've yes. Seen and actually, much. we need to wrap up because this two-week work podcast <laughs> has gone long now. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, Omar, thank you again for, for coming. You. It's always it's a pleasure. pleasure. Always. This was more or less the conversations that we have in writing, more or less, and we just put it out there uh, for everyone to to hear. Um, I would I would incentivize anyone that likes to speak about photography and about the space to, um, if they can, collect a work from Omar from CD. It's the second best group chat. Because the first one. <laughs> oh, because now you have yours, of course. Have now he has now. his own. <laughs> now you have so your it's own. The second yeah. best, very close to the first one. Um, so hey, if you are hearing, you know this... what to say about opinions, right? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Jeff. Do you want to say anything before we go? No, thanks so much for hanging with us for two weeks, Omar. That was that was difficult. I appreciate uh, that's fine i love you guys and it's always a pleasure speaking with you guys so thank you so much for having me in the podcast it's a pleasure and uh um you know i'm here so here. thank you thank you both and thank you to everyone that is listening and if you want to hear more just follow us 
on the utility, uh, the utility podcast on Twitter or on YouTube. Just subscribe and see you next week or in two. We never know. Yeah. Keep close. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.